0: Hello, this is Susan Marie, and welcome to The Human Condition, a conversation with you based upon everyday observations that all of us experience made simple. You can catch these on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, and by subscribing to my newsletter, sumarie.substack.com. Most things I speak of are linked for further study in the data section of the show. Today, I wish to speak with you about dreams, specifically the science, philosophy, psychological, emotional, and spiritual aspects of dreams in relation to the human condition. Historically, the topic of dreaming has been met with skepticism. The philosopher Descartes stated, dreams pose a threat towards knowledge because it seems impossible to rule out at any given moment that one is now dreaming. That is the philosophical dream argument, a postulation that the act of dreaming provides preliminary evidence that the senses we trust to distinguish reality from illusion should not be fully trusted. Therefore, any state that is dependent on our senses should at the very least be carefully examined and rigorously tested to determine whether it is, in fact, reality. While I agree with that, some types of dreaming carry much weight and have meaning far beyond knowledge. This is why, in the 20th century, philosophical interest in dreaming has shifted towards a philosophy of mind, posing dilemmas such as what exactly does it mean to say that dreams are consciously experiences during sleep or do dreams have duration or are they the product of memory at the moment of awakening and do dreams involve real beliefs and what is the relationship between dreaming and self-consciousness early civilizations thought of dreams as a medium between our earthly world and that of the gods. Greeks and Romans were convinced that dreams had prophetic powers while there has always been a great interest in the interpretation of human dreams. It wasn't until the end of the 19th century that Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung put forth some of the most widely known modern theories of dreaming. Freud's theory centered around the notion of repressed longing, that the idea that dreaming allows us to sort through unresolved repressed wishes and Carl Jung believed that dreams had psychological importance. Christina Marzano and her colleagues at the University of Rome studied dream recall based on wave patterns. The research team invited 65 students to spend two nights in the research laboratory. The first night, students only slept in soundproofed and temperature-controlled rooms so they could get used to that. The second night, researchers measured the students' brainwaves while they slept. The human brain experiences four types of electrical brainwaves, delta, theta, alpha, and beta, and each wave represents a different speed of oscillating electrical voltages that form a brainwave scan or an EEG. And there are five stages of sleep where REM is the most intense stage of sleep for dreaming. Utilizing this technology to measure the participants brain waves during various sleep stages, students were woken at various times and asked to fill out a diary detailing whether or not they dreamt, how often they dreamt, and whether they could remember the content of their dreams. In their study, the researchers found that vivid, bizarre, and emotionally intense dreams, the dreams that people People usually remember are linked to parts of the amygdala and hippocampus. The amygdala processes memory of emotional reactions and the hippocampus involves short and long-term memory. These studies showed dreams help us to process emotions by encoding and constructing memories of them. What we see and experience in our dreams might not necessarily be real, but the emotions attached to these experiences certainly are. Our dream stories essentially try to strip the emotion out of a certain experience by creating a memory of it. This way the emotion itself is no longer active. The mechanism fulfills an important role because when we do not process our emotions especially negative ones this increases personal worry and anxiety this is why sleeping especially deep rem sleep is integral to not only our mental and emotional wellness but it is when our entire selves our bodies rest and heal essentially dreams help regulate that fragile bridge that connects our experiences with our emotions and memories dreams are healing this brings me to nightmares Mark Schoen, a psychologist at Cedar sinai Medical Center, states that the usual source of nightmares is a traumatic event from the past or a troubling issue in the present. For example, a 12-year-old girl kept dreaming of a man dressed in black coming down from the ceiling to take her away. Schoen traced the nightmare to the death of the girl's brother in the same room. And he said it represented her fear that death would come and take her too. During nightmares, the mind wrestles with unresolved feelings or problems, and Schoen found a widow who could not let go of memories of her late husband and had a recurring dream in which she chased him through fields, buildings, and cities, never able to catch him. And even innocent events can seep into nightmares. Schoen interviewed a woman that recalls laughing through a B-flick Dracula movie that was not even scary, only to spend the next week dreaming that all her friends were vampires. Joseph Neidhart, a psychiatrist, stated that, People can get important information about themselves and the relationship to the world from nightmares because the issues being brought up are more threatening. And the University of New Mexico studied chronic nightmare sufferers that challenges the conventional wisdom that bad dreams reflect daytime anxiety or depression. When test subjects learned an exercise to eliminate nightmares, researchers found that daytime anxiety, depression, and hostility also cleared up, and some subjects said they'd never felt better. The results mystified researchers. They thought maybe it's because they sleep better, or maybe overcoming nightmares gives people confidence to conquer other problems. Still, another theory involves something called the nightmare hangover. People waking up from bad dreams sometimes feel lousy and upset, the rest of the day especially if nightmarish images keep returning and the conclusion is obvious if you dream every night that you're killing someone or someone is killing you how can you not feel better when that dream goes away if the nightmare represents a serious emotional wound you just can't change the dream only it'll come up again. The nightmare remedy used in these studies is called imagery rehearsal, where people are told to describe and write down their nightmares, think up new endings, write them down, and then go over the new scenarios in their minds for a few minutes once or twice a day until the dreams disappear. Deciphering those dream symbols, however, is an inexact art. For example, about eight years ago, I kept having this recurring dream. It was utterly disturbing Night after night, I dreamt I was dying and was happy I was dying. And in this dream, my son was there watching me die. He was small then, maybe eight or nine years old, and we were both deliriously happy I was dying. He was kneeling by my bed and I was looking at him smiling and we were perfectly fine and nothing negative was in this dream. The way I was dying, though, was extremely alarming to me. Well, there was no action I recalled to cause my arms to profusely bleed, we both saw bright red blood running down both of my arms, specifically my wrists. And it was just leaking out onto the bed, onto the floor, everywhere like water. And we were both seriously happy and at peace, and it was quite a loving feeling. Okay every day I would wake up from having this dream thinking I'd lost my mind, that I was clinically depressed, that I was disturbed in some way. And it bothered me really bad to even be dreaming that me dying would be a happy experience for my son and myself, especially since he was a small child and I had no desire to die. While there was no cutting or any harm done to me, that blood and that loving feeling, it made me feel like I was going to die and something bad was about to happen or that maybe, just maybe, I was going to commit suicide. I never did die though just the lying on the bed and blood running out over and over and over and this light feeling like i was leaving my body okay none of this is rational thinking but hey how would that make you feel right disturbed so i sought out people that deeply study dreaming dream states and the psychological aspects of dreaming i found a psycho-spiritual psychologist i know tough to find but i did So I could talk to her about this terrible dream I kept having. After explaining this to her and being embarrassed to tell her I was dreaming of such horrid things as my own death, she simply recounted to me psychologically and spiritually, much like the study with the students I mentioned, how dreams are connected to our emotions and memory. However, since she also studied spirituality, she had an edge on science and philosophy. The experiences I was having, huge spiritual and cognitive growth I was going through at the time, and death does not always mean dying, Quite the opposite. Death also signifies transformation and rebirth. So my dream did not mean I was going to die or harm myself. It meant I was growing, progressing, and at such an alarming rate that my emotions and memory simply processing those changes through dreaming. I was definitely able to relate to her view of my dream to my life at that moment because things were pretty heavy and I felt so much better. Right after that, I got two phoenix rising tattoos on each of my shoulder blades by an indigenous tattoo artist and the phoenix signifies transformation and rebirth in its fire. The phoenix is symbolic of the sun which dies in setting each night only to be reborn in rising the next morning and my dreams stopped so I found some cool sleep and dream experiments to try, and I included links to a dream and sleep journal to print out. But you can keep a log in any journal or notebook. The first one is logging your dreams into a journal. You can start upon waking with asking yourself questions like: Are your dreams in color? What emotions did you have during your dream? How many different dreams can you remember in a night? Do the same people, events, or places reoccur in different dreams? Do some events that happen during the day appear in your dreams? Does eating certain food or take taking certain medications influence what you dream about? Does your mood affect what you dream about? And does the time of year influence your dreams? These simple things will help you understand why you're dreaming and what your dreams may be about. Secondly, a latency sleep experiment. Exactly how long does it take you to fall asleep? Right down the time you get into bed, when you're in bed trying to get to sleep, hold a metal spoon over like a cookie sheet on the floor. When you fall asleep, your muscles relax and the spoon will fall out of your hand. The noise of the spoon should wake you up right down the time you woke up. The difference between the time you got into bed and time you woke up is your sleep latency. What the sleep latency test helps you understand is how much sleep you are getting, how much relaxation you need or do not need before sleep, and how often you reach deep sleep, which are dream states like REM and NREM. If you have good sleep latency and are able to fall asleep within a reasonable amount of time, you'll have a better chance of progressing through the stages of sleep comfortably and in turn, enjoy a deep sleep. So it's important to find that out because if you do have problems falling asleep, then you may need to find ways to become more relaxed before you lay down and go to sleep. Third is keeping a running log of your dreams for two weeks. So one, you want to write down questions and you can make up your own. And then two, your sleep latency. What you want to do is describe your dreams in your journal as much as possible in detail every single time you wake up. And if you can get someone else to do this with you, it's fun. Then you can compare your results after two weeks. And after two weeks, you'll have an idea of what's causing your dreams, Are they events throughout the day? Is it trauma? Are they emotions and memories that are linked? So you can release those emotions, deal with those emotions, or just get a better, restful, deep sleep. From the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy on Dreams and Dreaming, in the words of philosopher John Locke, no man's knowledge here can go beyond his experience. Wake a man out of a sound sleep and ask him what he was that moment thinking on. This is something beyond philosophy and it cannot be less than revelation that discovers to another thoughts in my mind when I can find none there myself. Please join me next week for more interesting discussion and check out last week's episode on what is death and why do we fear it.